welcome to the first episode of This One's On Us. My name is Andrew, but most of my friends call me Andy. Um, to get this started, I guess, I just want to call out that I've been interested in speculating how long we have to survive for a couple of years now. And I've, uh, I don't know, like some of the listeners, but I've spent countless hours reading about climate change and its kind of associated environmental repercussions. But as you might have found that this isn't exactly the healthiest behavior to get into it, nor is it the most enjoyable one. You kind of find yourself feeling a bit overwhelmed and when you read into like kind of what mass changes are required in the world to kind of get to the levels where we need to be in terms of sustainability and you know controlling global warming, you kind of get a bit worried. Brian, what would you think about that? Um, so I'll start off by introducing myself. So my name is Brian. Um, I'm 25. I'm Andy's roommate. And what I think about that is I'm afraid that we're all going to die. Brian, I don't think it's fair to say that we're all going to die. And yes, we will at one stage <laughs> yeah. die. But I think in terms of... You think of I'm being extra nihilistic, I believe. is the Maybe. Name. But I don't think we can directly say we're going to die because of global warming. And because, do you know why, Brian? Why? Because this podcast is going to act as a catalyst for people to get their shit together, to get more sustainable, to get towards net carbon neutral, to have a zero waste policy in their life, and all the good stuff involved with that. Okay, so this is going to be a journey towards us uh, become, I'm going to try and maybe avoid the word sustainable because it will come up continuously, but that is the purpose of this podcast is our journey and everyone else's journey towards sustainability yeah i think that's fair so uh, let's i think the kind of core takeaways from this series is that we're gonna kind of go through different segments associated with how we feel we can improve on a sustainable level i know buzzword again but i think we're gonna look into different areas like waste management maybe white uh, water conservation we're gonna look into the likes of what the challenges associated with fast fashion um and as well as that we can kind of look into like how we can recycle our goods better in the household and why we you know we hate plastic i think that there are kind of few of the episodes we're going to go through buying is there anything else you have to add to that um no yeah it's just kind of tackle there's so many points of your life that it really can buckle down to like it can comes down to literally everything at the end of the day because that's that is the problem yeah, is there's it? so many ways we can yeah. do to improve ourselves so Again, if there is anyone that you feel would be best for to talk to these subjects about, then please just let us know, and then yeah, we'll be looking to talk to them. Um, Brian, what are the discussions that are going to go on for during this one's on us? Um, so it should be a discussion about sustainable living. Uh, I think we understand, like between us, we talk about what sustainable living actually means, okay. and so I think our what we kind of came down on the definition of it was that sustainable living is means um, that we take sorry that we take sustainable living to mean the challenge of achieving our own needs without adversely affecting the capacity of future generations to meet theirs. You may say, <laughs> would you would you call us dreamers, Brian? <laughs> you may say we are, but we're not the John Helen. <laughs> um, together, myself and Brian are going to look into the innovative work of different organizations in relation to adapting a circular economy. 
As well as that, we can look for th- different things you can do to be more environmentally sound. I hope this podcast will serve to be educational both for you and us as we learn on this journey to a better world. And this one's on us. We're going to discuss waste. Okay. So what do we know about waste, Brian? What have we learned? Uh, about household waste. Uh, Maybe take it back to a, a, a higher higher level view. What happens in Europe? What, how much waste is produced? Um, so I think one third of all food is wasted. I think that's actually on a global level. Um, but that would be about 1.3 billion tons every year. Billion? Billion. I just needed to make sure that was actually not a typo. But no, that is billion. Andrew. Yeah, it's, that's kind of hard to get around. I think it's not just food that needs to be considered because obviously obviously the food is wasted but the kind of process behind creating food transporting food processing food all that needs to be considered when you're talking about food waste so i think as a higher like on a higher level that's what is involved with this 1.3 billion tons of it but again i think it's not just food that's going to waste it's the resources about making it from water to land and labor Food waste is food waste is a massive problem affecting people, the planet, and profit. So I think almost eight hundred and seventy million people in the world go hungry each day, Brian. So like when you think about what kind of goes on in their kitchen, obviously it's not a contributor to their well eradicating their hunger from providing their waste, but that does need to be considered because I think people take food for granted in this world. Yeah, I think I was reading somewhere that it actually isn't necessarily the problem of, yeah, it's not something I read, but something I know. There, there's plenty of food. It, it just, the, the use of food and the less wasting of food, that is where the problem is, and that's kind of what we have to focus on. So I think on a kind of local level, there's like one million tons of food waste that's produced in Ireland each year. I think when you can break that down, it's and between 120 to 150 kilos depending on the household obviously for more i think this fact is to do with a, a family household rather than obviously if you're a couple and again at the same time you can't just assume with every statistic you know you have to take with a pitch of salt that although no, they're it's, averages it's average yeah so some people might be more waste conscious than others and yeah. that's absolutely brilliant like that's what we want to hear but at the same time majority of people uh, not, and that doesn't exclude us up until recently that you do have a, a a large amount of waste that goes into the bin definitely um it, so just to bring that down onto a, a money level uh like w- how much is that every year so i think it could be uh, depending on where you, you shop now i think the figures will come out about 400 euro to a thousand euro like so yeah obviously it could be yeah shopping so, donnybrook fair yeah you know if it's about three thousand yeah so for those, for those who are outside of ireland donnybrook fair is a kind of more higher class they, so they like to believe uh in terms of about food. five euros for a coffee yeah so yeah you're looking you're paying an extra you're not getting the extra bang for your book but yeah so there is a lot of kind of money that people that no one has a thousand euro to throw away each year i i know i don't that's for sure i mean no, like definitely do not no so that's like you're looking at if you're willing to throw away a month's rent plus your bills in a once off cemetery you can barely make it through them the month without you know well considering what you're spending and you're going to just drop away a thousand euro like that that's i don't know i don't i can't afford that anyway no i i certainly cannot 
Um, so I think the the problem with food waste is that obviously people aren't dealing with it in the correct manner. So obviously we're fairly lucky to have a brown bin in our apartment complex. So that facilitates for all of our needs because they'll bring it to a, like a local composting center and then obviously we'll, we'll, deep, we'll dive into that later on the kind of benefits of composting. But just trying to take it back a bit further. Some people can't actually avail of a food waste and bin. And that's the, that's an issue here. So because some people just well, I think it's what's it like sixty percent of people buying can't actually recycle the goods or don't recycle the goods properly because they're throwing their food waste in on top of their recycling or their normal waste. So this isn't getting segregated. So is this that people don't have brown bins or just aren't, aren't yeah, properly so separating? People don't have the brown bins, so they'll be throwing in the remnants of their dinner on top of the black bin and obviously when it goes to the black bin it goes to a landfill site and when it goes to a landfill site it doesn't naturally break down due to its environment because you need to obviously if you're composting these goods you need specific environmental you know assumptions about that but when it gets to a landfill site all this food kind of just creates methane and that's obviously a, another contributor so methane we're looking into this is 25 times more potent than carbon dioxide as a greenhouse emission yes so yeah. obviously you need to think about where methane has been produced so it's it it's in landfill sites and then that's coming most of that is coming from food and well again most of it's coming from livestock as well so the yeah. likes of cows and pigs and cat and sheep there all be from is it petulance or uh yes i i can't remember the proper word yeah, burping so, yeah <laughs> so the, the gassing animals so they're producing methane on that level and as well as the food that we're throwing into landfill so it's from not recycling it properly because it, if we do recycle it properly then we don't have to worry about this issue and if we didn't have as much food waste we wouldn't need as much livestock no we um, wouldn't yeah. so i think for people that well we'll kind of get you a few scenarios here but for people that do naturally have access to big gardens or they have well for brown bins i think it's fairly safe that you can assume that you can just put your food weight in there and that's that's dealt with that's fine but for people that want to actually get more for their waste is that they can kind of look into compost and there's a few different ways to compost points obviously in the brown bins they'll do it for your level or they'll do it for you that's actually i, di I didn't know what, what actually happened with the brown bins but you're telling me that they yeah, actually yeah. create a very high grade uh, compost yeah so it's fairly regulated so yeah. they would take it in and they basically bring this waste in and they have different kind of segments within the factories and they basically treat it so the process behind compost and it's very simple so like you need to have carbon rich materials which is browns so they'd be like straws twig dead leaves paper cardboard basically anything hard and dry and can absorb other materials you need to have a, a mixture of that with nitrogen rich materials which are greens yeah. so grass cl clippings fresh plants fruit veg peelings uh, which so basically anything that's soft and green is material yeah. so you need the combination of them and well so yep we'll bring it back so if you have a composting area in your garden so we'll call it a heap so this is just kind of like get a bit of ground you need to have a level of browns and greens not too compact together because obviously this stuff needs to breathe at the same time but you layer each one of them with your, the stuff that you're trying to compost so like your veg peelings or your moldy bread you can't use fresh bread you can't use any dairy products and you can't use meat or bones in basic 
house composting. So we'll get into kind of further advanced levels of composting afterwards. So yeah, you basically just have a, a part of your back garden. You need to aerate them every two or three weeks. You need to have a bit of moisture on them. So basically, you just treat it. So basically, you toss it like every week or so. And you do this process for like eight to 12 weeks. But as you're watching it grow and you're a bit you know, curious if it's working or not, you just watch it. So it'll naturally turn into a brown, black, hummus-like material over the course of period. So if you're watching it and nothing's happening, do you know what the great thing is about this, Brian? What? Um, it will still turn into compost if you don't treat it. It may not be the highest quality compost. But it just will take It will still do the job for you. So again, that's where if you want it, if you want to go a bit more in you your can, own hole. You can also add um, material into the mix as it's composting. So you just throw it in the middle, I believe. Yeah, so, so I think what you're referring to is kind of like an anaerobic process. So that okay. is the Bakashi way of composting. So that's actually interesting you bring that one up. So the benefit of Bakashi is that you don't need to have an outdoor garden or well, if you don't have an outdoor garden, if you want to compost goods inside of your household. So Bakashi is basically like, it's a process, it's fermentation what you add to it. You add like bran. So what you do is, you. but the great thing about Bakashi is that you can break down meat, bones, dairy, anything. You and can, no odor as well, isn't uh, No odor, no odor. So you keep it in a specific, it's like, obviously. Because our house smells at the best of times. It does, but, <laughs> it does, it does. But having a compost heap in the house, I was not too fond yeah, so of the I idea. People are a bit conscious that, because I think when outdoor back, or outdoor back outdoor composting it is a more of associated smell with it but again that's if you're putting in the likes of dairy or meat because that will yeah. and then in turn attract pests, pests. as well yeah. yeah there's a lot of pests around these parts you know <laughs> but yeah so there's kind of two ways you could look into compost and again i think we all kind of have a common assumption of what composting is i know we have this kind of image embedded in my head of this kind of four foot green mesh looking like water pump i guess that's well, what would you, would you and you know what the ones we're on about green bin it's a big thing but like obviously the, the benefits of that compared to uh, the previous example of compost we discussed or the kind of homemade example is that it's protective against pests so you could compost the likes of milk and egg shells but not just, eggs but it will stink. It stink that will stink it will stink. but again you do you still get a very fiber nutrient rich nutrient rich material that can be then used to fed your plants in the back garden so that is so again and the great thing about composting brian is that there is no co2 or methane emissions that are produced from this process it's a clean process so then you can use this and then you can feed your plants or you can feed your crops or whatever and then you can just feeds into the circular economy yeah it feeds into the circular economy so nothing goes to waste except with the bakashi kind of method there is natural remnants that need to be kind of disposed of in the bin but you can't again compost these materials but i think what sorry andy the so, natural remnants so yeah so th from the fermentation process yes. so after all the compost there is, waste. Created and used, there, so is, there, is waste there is a degree of waste that is produced okay. but again does this justify what you've done with the previous amount of waste and you've limited the amount so you have it is a more sustainable practice but it is not the most efficient practice it's just this is an example of someone they cannot compost outside or they can't compost in their house so I never actually heard of this method. Yeah, it's, it's, a, ja method. it's a, a Japanese. It's a Japanese method. It is. And when this podcast uploads, we'll provide a link for people yeah, to find. Yeah, we'll provide a link for people to obviously a video how to create their own composting center, or a, a link to this Bakashi kind of method as well. And as well as that, there is another thing we wanted to discuss. It is about well, it's not so discussive. It's a discussion that everyone should have. Is that 
So we've talked about composting, we've talked about things like that. So for people that are a bit less inclined to produce weight and they don't want to go through that bit of effort for composting. Yeah. You were talking to me earlier on during the week about this website. Uh, what was it like for like the remainder of your fridge? You know? Oh, the f- the fridge recipe website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what is this? Um, so myfridgefood.com is my that it? Myfridgefood.com is that that? Yes, yes, that is the one. So what does it do? Um, so you go on. Yeah. And I don't know, but you can have anything. So if I go onto it here now, um, I can say I have apples, um, tomatoes. And I don't know. That's a that's a that's a per mix of food. Yeah. But it will provide me with a recipe. Um, so if you were to say just like you had some pasta left over, broccoli, carrots, and then it would, and maybe a bit of stock or something like that. It just kind of proposes to you a meal based on what you have in the kitchen. Is that the kind of thing we're looking at here? Yeah. So it's just a the click boxes. It has every kind of type of food, okay. and you just click the what you have, and it will throw a recipe at you. Uh, so why, while you're looking that up there Brian I'll, we'll, we'll fact check it there's another kind of process it's not this is for more so we'll say experienced cookers or not the most amateur cookers but what you could do is if you don't feel like composting goods or if you don't want to just waste your goods depending on what you're obviously producing from your dinners or lunches or wherever your food waste is coming from you can freeze now, I know people are going to think, what are you doing freezing your whole dinner? Like, you can't be doing that. But I think this is more so best for the likes of vegetables. And that kind of, vegetables would be the best thing for. So, any kind of leftover veg, if you eat veg, that is, now throughout the week, put it into a bag and freeze it. And just add this mix to it. And throughout the, throughout the week, throw it in. You might have a big kilo bag or whatever waste you have. And put it, take it out at the end of the week. Throw it into a big bowl. Add some vegetable stock in get a blender to where you have it or if you don't have a blender get it to like a fruit mixer or some kind of contraption that will blend it to a fairly smooth texture and a bit of salt and pepper and you've got soup definitely some chili flakes on yeah top yeah but well. so you've so you from all of your leftover food that naturally just scrapes into the bin or if you might be lucky enough to have a dog that is willing enough to eat these scraps well he's obviously willing. He he's, he's going to he's, he's a dog, he's gonna <laughs> dog. so for those of you that don't have a dog yeah just try i know it might be a bit i don't know yeah but at the same time you don't know until you give it a bash I, I, to be honest with Andy, it doesn't sound too pleasant but i'll i'll, I'll be up for it i'll but, give we'll give it a bash we'll see how it is i'm sure at the end of the day most times if you blend up a load of vegetables add in some chili and a bit of butter and a bit of butter and some salt and pepper you're you're not doing too bad no that sounds good to me and uh, like you know it's this it's not about kind of finding the easiest way to like improve how you're dealing with these things because obviously people would naturally assume that what they're doing is best if they or well if you're not really concerned about it but at the same time these little changes like that that's not too hard throwing stuff into a different bag rather than your food bin and putting into the freezer you don't have to bring that out to the bin you don't have to deal with the smell in your kitchen so that's a, a benefit to me that and, you can just throw it into the freezer and, and save look, money if you don't like it if it doesn't turn out at least you gave it a bash yeah. at the same time yeah. you know 100%. but you see I, it's not, and the great thing about this is you can blend up the likes of you know excess veg that you wouldn't have used before like the skin from the carrots or the stork from the broccolis so these are different things that you can just eliminate all that food waste from your kitchen well again we'll, we'll try it out for this week yeah and then we'll report back we'll, we'll, we'll stick up a picture 
maybe a video reaction to see how we, how, we, how we get on with it but yeah I think we can uh, go I'm yeah I'm a bit cautious but we'll see Andy's gonna test it out first yeah, yeah I'll test it out I'll test it out um, so we've discussed a bit about composting we've discussed a bit about how to eliminate food waste in the kitchen Brian again there was one thing I wanted to discuss so people that don't have access to a food waste recycling center or they don't have access to it or they don't they just don't want to compost right but you're giving your, your issue is that you can't because there's no facilities near you good news <laughs> via our great pals over at my waste the good news is that food doesn't have to end up in a landfill um and you also don't need to compost if you don't have the facilities to do it okay um all households living in a population agglomeration Population agglomeration. That is some alliterance, I believe. Is that the is word. delicious. Well, not alliterance, definitely, isn't it? But it, yeah, I don't know. There's something going on there. Yes. Um, so, a population density of 500 people are entitled to a food waste recycling service from their waste collector. Right. And how do you find out about find? Well, how do you find out about finding out? On mywaste.ie. Okay, grand. So, Cool. We'll, maybe we'll look so that. you could get in touch with your landlord or your property management you have agent. to you have to because i think people just leave these issues to go unnoticed and they just kind of assume that they can't avail of them but obviously you have to take action if you want to take action get in touch with the landlord or the property management agent and say listen sort us out with a you're brown entitled bin. at the end of the day you are entitled yeah like a lot of people here and and <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment um yeah so but it, like <laughs> after that sly jab um <laughs> like right. if you just leave that up to anyone like you're gonna have to pay more for your black bin if you're constantly getting rid of your food waste in there even just like take away this the whole point of this podcast yeah. you are gonna end up having to pay more money if you throw more bit of food into the brown into the brown into the black bin, into the black bin you you are basically making more methane yeah and which that's you know what i mean if you think you're great on your electric scooter or your bike but you're still going to throw your dirty food into the bin. Well, maybe clean food, but dirty is what we use. Dirty. So I think for to avail of that service, households with a curbside collection for food waste simply have to separate their... Well, now this is a thing that most people might know. So you have to separate food, cooked food and raw food and leave it beside the bin for it to be collected. Now, obviously, I think if you're getting in touch with my way study about what the meaning of the service is, they'll obviously specify what time frame they're going to come collect it. You're not going to leave food on your side of your curb because, you know... It's going to drag pests. Yeah, it will drag pests. So I, I think it's more... So I, I think what it's actually meant by that is that you'll be contacted when they're outside. But I think what people don't know is that they're separating the food waste. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been aware of that. No. So I think it's a significant, a significant amount of household <laughs> and commercial food waste is not being segregated for a separate collection. I think it's what we were reading earlier on is that over 60% of household organic waste is deposited in the residual or recycling bin and one third of the commercial residual bin consists of organic waste that cannot be segregated for recycling. There you have it. That was a lot. Yeah. So people really don't know how to recycle. I think we're going to have to touch on an episode of how to recycle, not just plastic goods or just general waste, but how to... Everything. We'll look into glass, we'll look into organic waste, and obviously we'll we'll touch off a few other different areas if we recycled. Maybe not recycle, but reusing as well. Because recycling is the last level of the circular economy we want to look into. Okay, Brian, so we've talked about 
food waste. We've talked about composting. We've talked about separating waste and recycling correctly to an extent. Why? Well, what is a benefit? Or how do you eradicate having so much? You make shopping lists. Okay. Like, well, obviously, you make shopping lists, but you want to make. You just say on now. A lot of people don't make shopping lists in their uh, household. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many blocks of cheese people might come back with in their household. <laughs> Or, how or red onions. Or red onions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it yeah. happens. I, I'm not aware of anyone that's that's made this particular error. Yeah, because if you do have an abundant supply of food, <laughs> if you're lucky enough to have a lot of food or food in your fridge, and you might easily overlook the kind of vegetable and fruit presses or not fruit presses. Well, you said food in your fridge. Fruit in your fridge. <laughs> yeah, that's alliteration now. That's some alliteration. <laughs> But yeah, so I think people overlook what's in there or what stock they have before they actually even make a shopping list. Now, I think... Oh, 100% you do. You just go out and... Particularly if it's the start of the month. Maybe at the end of the month, you're, yeah. you're, you're checking oh, what you have. You're, you're, you're barely <laughs> have enough yeah. to get the data. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously creating a shopping list, and I think as we kind of touched on another point there, is checking the stock of your household. Before you go out, you obviously create the shopping list based on what stock you have in your house yeah and then also meal plans are kind of a great way to, to okay. reduce so the again, waste it's like there's some sort of process developing here yeah. check your stock check your stock to make a meal plan and to make a meal plan you got to create a shopping list it's it's circular economy it's a circular. but on shopping list and see i think one other step know. we can go with is the kind of even if you do shop or purchase or you assume you would shop if you do purchase an excessive amount of food there is a safe way to freeze your food and then come back to it in a day. Like, so we can freeze your food after cooking it, not directly after cooking it. No, you got, no, you, you, got, you got to let that cool down. You got that cool down. But if you want to freeze the likes of your meats or your breads or any of those kind of items, I don't think you can actually freeze your fruit. But there again, there is fruit or frozen fruit you can get or frozen berries, whatever. Yes, uh, which will then cut down because berries are just a nuisance for waste. Yeah. Um, so again, like oh, we were, for, I think particularly for us, it's easier for us to freeze goods because we would be eating a lot of corn chicken, corn beef, and that corn meat. So it's a, it's a lot safer to 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 to, 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 to thaw out the yeah. kind of f- food you're getting. Yeah, but, but then at the same stage, like if you go into boardbia.ie, they actually have a great resource for just explaining how to freeze and how to defrost everything, which might sound a bit straightforward. But like I'm only fresh out of my parents house and my mom did a lot for me in that house so yeah so again like like a lot of li- or like a lot of the listeners like some of the listeners we're gonna assume all of our millions of listeners that we already have is that some people are at different stages of their life and some people are more educated or more informed about what things they can do to me, prevent waste i'm informed on absolutely nothing it would seem <laughs> it would seem i would say that's a bit unfair to say about yourself brian um, but yeah so literally all the the four above points are kind of the best way what we feel and what stopfoodwaste.e feel is to kind of prevent food waste from cropping up in your household but one thing we, well another thing we kind of want to sprout upon sprout upon sprout upon yeah uh, one thing we want to discuss is what shopping seasonal and shopping local bro yeah um, it's something we've actually been looking into and we're going to start implementing ourselves around the house and we will keep you updated on how it's going um, but shopping in season what do we know about shopping in season it's more nutritious that, okay. that's one of the main points I'm okay, taking away so it's more it. nutritious so there's obviously more vitamins more because kind of it's fiber. just it's, a, it's best see best it's the best in season like yes. it is so it's not just throwing out that it's new more nutritious like there is 
facts upon facts that every, if you buy within season that the produce you're buying is going to be of better quality and is more nutritional value to you so why what's why how is that a bad thing in any way it's great and then also at the same time you're not importing it which will reduce your carbon footprint and as well as that there's, there's going to be no risk of damage of goods in that process yeah and so and I think even to get it over here they have to be packaged more and kept in a certain way so like you're also reducing on packaging yeah because so you've less you've less waste to produce on that level. You're not just getting off Bill down the road anymore. Uh, uh, what's, Bill. what's wrong with Bill? Uh, he's a good fella. Um, so what what kind of food is local right or is seasonal right now, Brian? So we're we're in May. We're so asparagus, aubergines. Okay. Uh, aubergines are horrible, but asparagus, aubergines, cabbage, cauliflower, cucumber, mushrooms, pak choy, rhubarb, spinach, peppers, radish, scallions, tomatoes, sage, thyme, mint, and parsley. Now, you see, there's a lot of great veg there, but I think the big mists there, the likes of broccoli, carrots, you know. They've, I think they've just come out of season. I think broccoli's like out of season from March or so. Yes, yes, I believe that is. So true. again, like as we've kind of referenced before, Borbia have a great calendar available on their website that tells you what products are in season. And obviously, if you want to learn a bit more, it tells you about the process behind them. So when they're grown, when they're flourishing, and obviously when the best time to kind of grow them is. But it's hard to kind of, I don't know, what do you think, Brian? these people want to have certain vegetables or certain crops in their household the whole time so the likes of well apples and potatoes like you can get them from storage is that correct yeah so that's what so i don't as far as i'm aware they are not as bad because they can be just they're produced in such a level that they can just be stored in dark uh dark warehouses just like, dark a, like a big mass refrigerator yeah. of some sort yeah um maybe not even a refrigerator just just a dark room okay um but then you have strawberries which are like grown in polytunnels and but they're heated polytunnels so there's heat being used on keeping these produce that aren't as nutritional and aren't natural to to be grown at that and so you're getting smaller fruits you won't get the same size fruit it won't be as nutritious and someone's heating this up using electricity to provide you with strawberries in december because strawberries were never meant to be in season I think that's kind of a, a point for our listeners to keep or they can keep an eye out themselves so keep an eye of what products are within the season and then shop them a couple of months down the line when they're out of season and make the comparison yes yeah, so uh, there's actually I was reading earlier about that buying out of season produce they need to use more preservatives for both importing and for um just for growing crops out of season cause just like, like general storage yeah but also just like if you're growing them in most climates around the world like the strawberries won't be able to come from Peru they just wouldn't last that long no so if they're grown they're grown locally enough but the the climate's never going to be good enough yeah for strawberries so they're going to have to be having a helping hand outside of nature so they're going to be less uh, organic is what they're going to be because you're buying out of season as well so that's another thing to kind of take on board but so i think we're a lot of, i think within the eu we don't really have we were fairly strict with the kind of storage and farming yeah policies with the group so there wouldn't be as many lethal or chemically used. never as many as you will hear about as in america but but definitely there has to be some 
yeah so maybe if there's any kind of american listeners out there yeah if you want to provide some feedback and how you feel so how your goods are treated or how they're from brian's little jab at america yeah if you can if you have any kind of evidence to support what we're saying or if if it's just kind of fact checking us and debunking what we just said then obviously go for it we're we're more than accommodating for that ask i guess um brian so i think that's kind of the core foundations of what we wanted to lay for the first episode if there's anything else you wanted to kind of no, just keep it sweet and short for the first one. Kind of give you an understanding of what we're about, what we want to do going forward here. Um, yeah, it's it's a journey at the end of the day. And yeah. It's just going to be us breaking down bits and hopefully you get to know me and Andy a bit better over this series of the podcast and learn to hate us like we hate ourselves. Yeah, no, maybe <laughs> not so much. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that might be the point. <laughs> yeah, if you were kind of as you can tell this is our first kind of element of creative work well first element of work that we've published i guess so there is naturally going to be some flaws here and there and some parts that obviously work so this is i mean the opportunity for you as the listener if you feel that this is something that can grow to be beneficial or something that you feel that someone else would like to listen to or that someone that can learn from then yeah, we're we're more than and we're more than happy to take on any form of feedback or any kind of suggestions. If there's any kind of different ways or different formats we can produce information, if you want a more fact based format, if you want us to kind of that make it more local or make it you know make it more internationally friendly, I guess. Yeah, definitely, we we can be accommodating really in any way. Um, and you could reach us at Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, so uh, this one, uh, this one's on us pod on for Instagram, and, and this, this one's on us uh, uh, Twitter. I believe it's this one's on us one is our Twitter handle. If you want to look into, but again, we'll probably change the format of that to this one's on us pod. But yeah, I mean, we're gonna be putting up some polls during the week for you to provide some feedback and yeah well if that doesn't work then i don't know we can put, maybe we'll create some sort of fan email that you can send over suggestions or i could give you that andy's personal mobile phone number yeah you could, uh, but you you could reach out to me for the, uh, brian mccord on instagram and don't tell him yeah i mean that's that's probably the that's what we that's what we've gotten to this point so yeah i mean <laughs> this is been fun and thanks i mean thank you so much for taking the time to even listen i mean you might have dropped off after five seconds you might still be with us here to the end and if that's the case thank you so much for taking the time i love you so much i love i love you too brian <laughs> but I, I i think we should just you know tell, tell our listeners that we love them oh yeah 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 that was yeah <laughs> but, but yeah thanks this has been brian and this has been andy <laughs> and this one's on us this one is definitely